You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's News and Insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Tax Wrap podcast. We're doing episode 141. I'm Steve Burnham, and I'm joined today a special guest, Gabriella Russo. Hello, Gabby. Uh, good morning, Steve, and thanks for having me. Good morning. Thanks for, for joining us. Uh, now, um, listeners, in case you uh, haven't heard about Gabby before, and you should have because she's been contributing a, a lot to our uh, organisation over the, over the last little time. Uh, Gabby's a SMSF uh, expert, knows a lot about it, um, runs her own business, uh, doing SMSF administration and a lot more. And Gabby, you're going to talk to us today about the um, latest reforms to the transition to retirement income streams. Uh, there's been a bit of a change lately. Yes, there have been a few changes. Um, many of us obviously are aware by now that um, from 1st of July 2017, the earnings on assets supporting a transition to retirement stream are no longer exempt from tax, um, meaning that any earnings, including the net capital gains uh, that are supporting the trees, are now taxed at an accumulation rate of uh, 15%. So, um, because of the... yeah. I was just going to clarify because um, I was wondering about that. So the tax of 15% is levied on the earnings of the segregated amount, is that right? Not the, not the payments out of the, not the pension payments? Yes, you are absolutely correct, Steve. So we are talking here about the earnings generated by the asset that would support um, a TRIS uh, account, a TRIS right. interest. Uh, we are not talking here about any changes in regards to the way a benefit that it's paid to a TRIS recipient, um, it's actually taxed. I mean, as yep. we know, there have been no changes in that respect. So if you have a TRIS recipient that it's below, uh, 65, uh, below 60, they would still have to pay tax on the taxable component of the pension that it's paid to them. But right. if they are over 60, so whatever pensions they uh, pay to themselves from a TRIS income, it's still exempt from tax. So I'm okay. only talking here about the tax that the fund would pay on the earnings generated by the assets. Right. Right. So how did, how did that come about? I mean, TRIS in the, in the past, I think, was uh, was it in retirement phase? Is that how they, they segregated yes. it? That is actually a very good question because this is what I am going to cover in a bit more detail lately right. because this is one of the major changes that happen in the legislation and people should be aware of what they should do going forward because right. now under the current rule, because a TRIS has all those earnings now taxed as if um, at the accumulation rate of 15%, yeah. now a TRIS is technically classified uh, or considered to be in accumulation phase. So it's not classed as an income stream in retirement phase from a tax perspective. So oh. when you look at it in the past, prior to 1st of July 17, it didn't really matter if we have a TRIS or if you have an ordinary account-based pension that is paid to someone who uh, met a condition of release with no cashing restrictions because right. both were seen as being in retirement phase. So hence the reason why so many people, once they reach preservation age, they actually wanted to start a TRIS because they would get the benefit of having the earnings in the fund exempt from tax and at the same time if they were already over 60 they would still be able to access um, a certain amount of money from the uh, TRIS income so they would yeah. get the benefit of having the fund paying no tax on the earnings and also getting the benefit of them receiving 
um, supplementary income from the fund. So practically the intention of TRIS when it was first when it was for, first um, uh, introduced as uh, as an option to access super benefits, what exactly that to yeah. allow people to um, reduce their working hours and transition to the uh, to full retirement in such yeah. a way. So rather than stopping working altogether, like you would maybe go for three uh, three days a week, and then you would get a bit of income from the superannuation side. You, you make up for those other two days of salary that you're foregoing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was. The, the intention. Now what happened after the trees uh, came about is that the government actually felt that uh, it was a bit, um, uh, it was one of those uh, um, measures that they felt it was abused by people that were in transition to retirement because they literally there were lots of people who started a transition to retirement not for the reason of uh, getting Reason supplementary income, yeah. exactly, so they would continue working full-time, but they would start at three simply because the more money they got locked into that TRIS account, the less tax the fund would pay. So hence oh. the reason the government felt that there is something that they need to do and address in the new legislation. So then by keeping the TRIS in accumulation phase until the client actually meets a full condition of release, like a condition of release with near cashing restriction. Yep. Until then, the fund is still seen as being in accumulation phase. So practically, this is one of those benefits that has been cut from 1st of July 17. Yeah. Did the government, I don't know whether you know this, Gabby, but um, did the government have any evidence that this was happening or they just felt that this is an opportunity that people can exploit? Um, or uh, you know, yes, that's pretty much it. I mean, they obviously could see that there were people that um, had uh, transition to retirement set up, in, set up in the fund. They would have a large uh, income. They also would continue contributing into the fund. So they would go up to the concessional contribution caps. They would uh, contribute large amounts under the non-concessional contribution oh. caps. So, uh, and usually, you know, they had the option of not only benefiting from uh, the larger contribution caps that we have prior to 1st of July 17, but they, they would also get into the habit of applying multiple pension strategies, like for instance, just before uh, 30 of, just before 30 of June 2017, we had lots of contribution made by people who were under 65, and the majority of them were the ones that already had transitioned to retirement in place. They actually yeah. made large contributions, so they were entitled to um, bring forward three years worth of contributions. So because the contribution at that point in time was 180,000 a year, yep. some of them were actually able to take advantage of contributing 540,000 in one go in that financial year. I mean, provided they didn't trigger the bring forward provisions in the previous two financial years, so they could contribute large amounts of money in superannuation and then start, um, you know, they could they could set up a new interest. And I will talk about the reason, the um, uh, benefit of actually having multiple interest in the fund towards the end of our discussion. But for oh, the okay. time being, this is something that we've seen happening just before 1st of July 17, and obviously some people uh, choose to uh, just leave the money in accumulation, some people yep. choose to start a transition to retirement for, for other reasons, and I am going to give a good reason towards the end of our conversation. Right, okay. Um, but it's interesting, um, the, um, so, so the situation now is it's, that TRIS is in, uh, deemed to be in accumulation. If that, say someone's over 60 
and yeah. they, they thought, oh, well, I've had enough of this. I'm just going to retire now. Uh, but they're not, they're 62 or 3, they're not 65 yet. So then does the um, TRIS amount then just automatically, I mean, do, do things just automatically move into into retirement phase, if you know what I mean? Yeah, or, look, that is a very good question, but it's not going to actually happen that way. Recently, the law has been amended, yep. and what the government has um, uh, come up with, it's actually, they said, look, you are going to have these trees in existence forever. So it's, you start it as a trees, it's going to continue to be a trees. The only thing that's going to change is that trees would go from accumulation phase to retirement phase if certain things happen. So one of the things was like the member obviously would have to satisfy a condition of release with nil cashing restriction. That actually right. means that uh, once you satisfy such a condition of release, you can access as much as you have in that um, pension account. Yep. Now, the government has listed those conditions of release for the transition to retirement income streams, and they were retirement, terminal medical condition, permanent incapacity, and attaining age 65, so reaching age 65. So, so on okay. top, on yeah, so in addition of having to satisfy a condition of release with nil cashing restrictions, you also have to notify the trustee that a condition of release other than attaining age 65 has actually been satisfied. So, so there actually has to be a notification, you're saying, a physical, this is happening? Yes. Yes, so there is a notification requirement for the uh, conditions of release such as retirement, having a terminal medical condition, or permanent incapacity. So you had to give, yes, so you have to give um, the trustee of the fund a written notification uh, stipulating that you have retired on that particular date. The trustee would acknowledge your um, notification and practically what it means that um, eligibility for the retirement status uh, would apply at the time when the trustee is notified. Okay. So that actually means is not when the condition of release was actually reached. So you can, you can end up with a situation like let's say you have a TRIS recipient that retires um, on uh, 1st of October. 2017, and uh, that risk recipient ends up notifying the fund trustees on, let's say, 1st of May 2018, because usually wow. lots of funds would have a, um, the annual return due to be lodged around mid-May next, uh, okay. next year. So, in that situation, if you have a member that notifies the trustees on 1st of May 2018, it would be at this date the trees would actually enter retirement phase and obtain the pension exemption. So, so not October, whatever, when they actually no. retire. So oh, even really? though the client retired in October 2017, the fact that he has not notified the trustee until 1st of May 2018, the fund doesn't get the exemption on earnings until that happens. So practically that's, what that's it means... That's, yeah, yep. that, that's a great tip. I mean, because you know, otherwise you're just sitting there letting it happen, assuming, I suppose, that, that you're in pension phase, uh, retirement phase, but it won't be happening without oh, that absolutely. bit of paper, as it were. Oh, gosh. That I'll is just, absolutely I'll, right. I've just had a funny image, though. If you get a single member SMSF, what, do you have to write yourself <laughs> a, a, a document yes. to say, oh, this has happened, and you acknowledge yourself, yes, I, I received your notice. It just <laughs> it seems a bit strange. 
That's that exactly what you have to do, Steve. <laughs> that is exactly what you have to do. You have to make sure that you put that in place first if you want your fund to actually be exempt from paying tax on earnings on yeah. your trees. So you would think that lots of people would actually want to benefit from uh, from that and uh, actually notify the trustee uh, as soon as they meet one of those conditions of, yeah, yeah. Uh, of release. Uh, now, the reason why... Um, Obviously, we have mentioned four conditions of release, and it was uh, also the one regarding to attaining age 65. 65 so, yeah. attaining age 65, just wanted to make that clear, would, will automatically convert the trees to retirement phase. Oh, so that happens automatically? That happens automatically. So, okay. if you have to notify the trustee in regards to the other three conditions of release, you don't have to do it when you reach 65. So, that okay. actually means if you have a trees recipient that turns 65 on 1st of October 2017. For yep. that client, the fund would actually um, um, exempt all the earnings that are generated by the assets, uh, the assets supporting that trust. Yep. They will ex be exempt from tax from 1st of October 2017, wow. and there is no need for the member to notify the trustee. So we have gotcha. two different scenarios here. So you can have a client that reaches 65, he might not even be aware that his um, trees would become now a retirement phase income stream. And actually, the, when I say they may not be aware, there is a risk there that the client would have more than 1.6 million locked into that transition to retirement pension. Oh, the transfer and balance cap. Exactly. So the, oh. you can see here the, the issue that that client may have because it is an automatic conversion to retirement phase. That also means that at that point in time, the trees would start counting towards the transfer balance cap. So it is also it also gives rise to an automatic credit to the transfer balance cap. So you really need to be aware of those new rules regarding yeah. the transition to retirement because you may very well have 10 million in your trees at the moment and it's perfectly fine to have it because it's not going to count with your transfer balance cap, so it's still going to be seen as being in accumulation phase, so you have no yep. issues in that respect. But as soon as you turn 65, you suddenly now have $10 million counted towards your cap, so you can imagine the excess. So you, might be, yeah. you are way over the, the transfer balance cap, so that actually means you might end up paying tax on that, and the, the longer you leave it in that um, uh, trees, and if you don't take any action such as reducing the balance by either uh, taking the money, the excess out, or rolling the excess back into an accumulation interest. So you are pretty much going to um, have to deal with this excess until the yeah. Uh, yeah. until that particular action is taken. So on, on so, the other side of the, so I just want to clarify on the other side of the same coin though, the person who say retires before 65 until they notify the trustee, mm -hmm. then the, that segregated amount stays in accumulation. Therefore, they, that doesn't count toward, toward, towards the cap. No, and the notification requirement, you can see here, that actually gives the trees recipient control over the yep. pension. And That's also, they give, it gives the recipient time to prepare for any potential transfer balance cap issues. So, that okay. was actually a, a thing that was welcomed by the, by the industry because um, 
the client would also need, obviously would need to discuss this with their financial advisor and they would need a bit of time to prepare to make sure that uh, before that transition to retirement is actually taken into account yeah. and uh, towards the transfer balance come, some action is taken so then you don't end up with an exit. Yeah, you have so, a little bit more control. Exactly. So you can see here that if a trace balance exceeds the current transfer balance cap, uh, there is careful planning that it's needed when the client approaches 65 yeah. or considering meeting a condition of release with nil cashing restrictions. So um, there is another trap here when we talk about action taken before it counts towards the cap. Um, you have to be careful because when you have a commutation obviously that is necessary to comply with the cap make sure that you don't commute the trace balance too early because it might actually cause an excess transfer balance in the event of later growth in the trace assets when the trace oh, actually enters retirement phase so what i'm saying is if I commute my pension now, I notify um, the trustee in a few months' time that, look, I, I've met a condition of release and it should all be okay between now and the time when the trees actually inter enters retirement phase, if I have any growth that's going to bring me over the 1.6, then I might be in trouble. So I have well, to yeah. monitor that and make sure that uh, uh, I am taking the right action at the right time. If yeah, you know well, what I mean. yeah, it sounds like you've still got to tread carefully with all this. Well, um, Gabby, I mean, with all the changes, it's, it's, I assume it's still worthwhile having a, a TRIS for, for people? Uh, look, there is, there is a good reason to keep a TRIS post 1st of July 2017. Um, so even though um, you don't have the exemption on earnings, um, there is a rule, it's called the proportioning rules, that a proportioning rule that would allow certain, um, certain uh, interest in the superannuation to be kept separate. So each time when you commence a pension, you create a new superannuation interest. So each superannuation interest would have their own tax-free and taxable component. In a self-managed fund, you can have only one accumulation account, but you can have multiple pensions. So what I'm saying, each time when you start a transition to retirement income stream, let's say you made a large contribution, you lock that into a transition to retirement, the whole pension is seen as 100%, let's say, tax-free components. So let's assume that you have someone that contributed 540000 just before 1st of July 17. They locked it into a transition to retirement pension. Yep. From that point onward, that pension would be 100% tax-free. So what it means, a few years down the, down the track, if the fund performs well, and let's say these 540000 generated um, I don't know, 100,000 or 50,000 as earnings, earnings in yeah. a few years' time, those earnings would still be 100% tax-free. So that actually means if the TRIS recipient passes away and the benefit is uh, paid to a tax dependent, to a non-tax dependent, such as an adult child that would have yep. to pay tax on the taxable component. So you can see the benefit here. So rather than having to pay 15% plus 2% medical levy, you actually end up with all those earnings being classified as tax-free component with no tax to be paid on that. So okay. for estate planning strategy, you might yep. very well consider keeping the money into a trees. The downside, obviously, you're going to have to take out at least the minimum 
Right. So you okay. can have about 4% if you are Pops under 65. Yep. yep, so you have the 4% that you have to take out, but then at the same time you preserve the component and you add the uh, earnings on that uh, tax-free component in future years and you can actually generate a larger tax-free component for estate planning purposes. Okay. Yes, whereas if you left the money into an accumulation account, you would never have more than the 540000 as a tax-free component in that particular fund. Let's assume that that's the only contribution you've ever made. Yeah, because yeah. all the earnings on that contribution, because the fund is in accumulation phase at that point in time and there is no pension that you set up, there is no trees, there is no account-based pension set up with the money, uh, the contribution will generate earnings and those earnings will form part of a taxable component. So in the right. event of your death, your children, if they are adult children and not in the, not financially dependent on you, they yep. would pay the uh, tax on the taxable component. So it's sort of a, oh, thanks, Dad, but gee, no thanks yes. for the tax. <laughs> what did, you call exactly. that? did you say that's called the proportioning uh, yes, it's called the proportioning rule. So the proportioning rule would actually allow someone who started an income stream or a pension to yep. have those components locked when the pension commences and then if you have any earnings that the fund generates afterwards, they would be allocated to those to, to the components in the same proportion. Like for instance, we are talking about a fund that started with 100% tax-free, so all the earnings were 100% tax-free. If the fund started a pension with 50% tax-free, 50% taxable component, then the earnings would be allocated in the same proportion. So it would be 50% tax-free, 50% taxable. Whereas wow. in an accumulation interest, everything that is generated as earnings would form part of a taxable component. Yep, and be slugged with the tax. Exactly. Uh, okay, Gabriel, that's, that's all very interesting. I did not know about the proportioning rule, but I'm going to investigate that a little bit more. Um, Gabby, thanks very much for talking to us today. Thanks for having me, Steve. And uh, listeners, um, we'll get uh, Gabby back if we can persuade her to come back to talk about SMSFs, <laughs> all to do with SMSFs, that'll be really um, informative. All right, Gabriella Rusu, thank you for your time. Thank you, Steve. Listeners, we'll be back next week.